Hey everyone, welcome to the House Church Podcast. We are so glad that you decided to join us for today's broadcast. Every time we come together as a church, people encounter God. Our prayer is that you too would experience His presence and hear His voice for yourself. Please enjoy this week's message by our guest speaker, Kyle Hobson. So when you celebrate an anniversary, it has a tendency to make you think about where things first started, when you first started uh, to fall in love. Uh, And so I've been reflecting on my first love with Ellen. When when we first met, um, I would drive long distances to to, to spend time with her. I would call her all the time. I would write her letters and songs. I would write her uh, these songs. I would um, just so want to be around you all the time. I called my mom even when we were first dating, and I said, I think I met an angel. (laughs) I'll stop embarrassing Ellen so you can, eyes up here, don't look at her. (laughs) So in the book of Revelations, God is talking to the church of Ephesus, uh, and the church of Ephesus has gotten into a routine They got into this religious routine. They were doing good at rooting out the evil amongst their church body. They were being good at identifying false apostles. They were doing good religion. But Jesus is saying to the church in Ephesus in Revelations 2, that I have this thing against you, that you've forgotten your first love. That sometimes we can get into a routine of church Even with relationships, you can get into the routine after 18 years of being married. Like, maybe there's a routine. But Jesus is saying, remember your first love. Remember what it was, the passion that burned in you, that drove you to do the deeds that you did at first, when you would go to no ends to spend time with me, when you would pursue me with your whole heart, when you just desire to talk, to have two-way relationship. We've gotten into a routine, he said to the church at Ephesus. And so today, I wanted us to remember that too. It's my anniversary, but you all have a relationship with Jesus. And he's talking to us today too, saying, don't forget that first moment when I drew you. Don't forget when... uh, when you first fell in love with me and what you did then, when you were on fire. You know, have you ever been around um, uh, someone who's in the middle of like that puppy love phase in a relationship? It's kind of annoying, isn't it? It's like they're, (laughs) it's like the PDA is real, like all the hand holding. (laughs) When you're in a relationship and you're in such just infatuation, everyone around you knows it, right? So does everyone around you know that you're in love with Jesus? Does everyone around know that you've remembered your first love and it's just like so real and top of mind that it's overflowing and the people around you are like kind of annoyed? (laughs) That is the kind of relationship that I think Jesus is trying to talk to you about today, that he desires. It says in Exodus that he's jealous, like in the Ten Commandments. It says, have no other idols before me because I'm jealous for your attention. He so desires and is passionate that his people, that his kids would be, uh, worship him, would have their attention on him. That 
That's the kind of God that we have and that today he is saying over you, I'm jealous for your attention. Will you give it to me? Will you spend time with me? I'm in love with you. He's, he is a, he's real and real people have real relationships. And I don't think you can have a relationship with someone if you don't spend time with them. I don't think you can have a relationship with someone if you don't talk to them. If we just read, you know, if we just read and we come to church, but, but Jesus is over there being like, talk to me. <laughs> I want to hear what's on your heart. I want to tell you what's on my heart. A two-way exchange of love, of relationship is what's in order for today. So I am believing that he's going to show his love to you today that is beyond compare, that just rocks your world. Every time Jesus has spoken to me, I, I get wrecked with how much he loves me. He's some, one time I, some people were praying for me and they felt like this word of the Lord over them. And then it was like Jesus was talking directly to me and he wasn't just talking, he was yelling. He was like, I approve of you. I love you so much and I've been watching and I'm so proud of you. <laughs> Can you hear his yell over you today? His love that can't be contained. It's beyond our earthly comprehension of that kind of love. May he rock our worlds today. Jesus, come meet with us today. Make this real. Make it not just words. Make it not just religion. But you filling it is what makes it real. The person of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Come and have your way in this people today. That we would just burn for you. Our passion and our desire for you, Jesus, would, would birth ministries. It would bring about change in the world around us. That it would shake the very foundations of the world because of this people that loves you. Mm, Jesus' name. So today I want to talk about the secret place. So that might be a, a churchy phrase or word for a lot of you, but by the end of Today, I'm hoping you'll know what it means. Uh, in Psalm 91, we'll read our first verse here. Psalm 91 says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High says that you abide under the shadow of the Almighty. It's a good place to be. What is the secret place then? So the secret place is... Not really a place, actually. It's a it's metaphor for your relationship, your private, personal relationship with the Lord. It's about your one-on-one -on -one time with him, your secret place there where you go and you commune and you talk with him. Like we just did communion today. We have daily communion with him where we are meeting one-on-one -on -one personally with Jesus. Maybe you do have a physical place. Maybe you're, uh, you have a, a closet or something that, where you go to meet with the Lord. But today, the secret place is talking about anywhere you're at in your life where you just focus on him and are intentionally pursuing relationship with him. Does that make sense? So throughout, throughout my life, I've, I've had all kinds of, uh, I don't know, things that I've tried to, to have that relationship with him. I've gone through devotional books. 
uh, I would buy, and I'd just read through those daily and do devotionals. And sometimes the Lord would talk to me through it. Then I would, like, have times where I did, like, I call it, like, the Vegas-style, like, Bible reading, where I'd just be like, uh, all right, we're talking about prophesy against Eli's household today. You know, like, I would just kind of figure out where he wants me to read. <laughs> and then I felt like at some point, I would be holding myself to certain readings, like, oh, I got to read a certain number of chapters in order to do my devotional today. Has anybody gotten to that point where he's like, you're like, I just got to finish this thing. I committed to a reading plan and I'm trying to get through the chapter and you're like nodding off. And <laughs> what I learned in that season and when I went through those things is like, I was actually not in the relationship part anymore. I'd, I'd fallen into some religious practice of just reading to read. And sure, the Lord can work in that. He can put it into me and, and it's good. But I, I think he desires that we do something meaningful, that we actually have an interaction. And so sometimes we switch it up. Like I've had, I've had uh, secret place time with the Lord where I've just prayed. I've just worshiped him and invited him to talk to me. Do you ever just listen with the Lord? Do you ever just like, ask a question and then stop talking? That's where he fills the void and says the whispers in your ear in those moments. So sometimes maybe you need to switch up in your devotional time with the Lord, how you're approaching it so that it's not just going through the motions. He doesn't want us just going through the motions. He wants the relationship alive and he wants us to be pursuing him with our creativity and with passion, yeah? Yeah. So I, I heard some, uh, it was Bill Johnson from, from Reading and, at the Church of Bethel there. He was talking about his devotional time with the Lord, and he would be reading, and then all of a sudden uh, a to-do item would come to mind. He'd be like, oh, I got to go pick up the groceries. Or, or he'd be like, oh, shoot, I forgot to call that guy. And he's like, oh, sorry, Lord, I'm, I'm just reading, reading the Bible right now. And the Lord's like, no, that's me. <laughs> No, I'm reminding you of these relationships that matter in your life because I care about your life. <laughs> so sometimes he, we, we think, oh man, I'm getting distracted during our Devo time. But if you know the Lord's voice, you'll detect it when he's interrupting. It reminds me about like Mary at the tomb when she was going to, to see and the tomb's empty. Jesus isn't in there and she's, she's mourning. Like where, who took Jesus's body? And then it's like she saw the gardener walk up. <laughs> she's like, oh, I'm, I'm looking for Jesus. And, and it wasn't the gardener, it was Jesus. <laughs> He's like, Mary. And she looks and it's him. Like maybe you're in your devotional time or maybe you're in your secret place time and your mind's wandering and it's him that's helping to steer your thoughts to things that matter or things that he's, because he cares. He cares about not just the deep spiritual things, but he cares about the practical in your life. He wants to talk to you about that relationship with your, your relative. He wants to talk to you about the chore you have at two o'clock. He wants to talk to you about your kids. All of it is something he cares about because you're his cherished one. <laughs> So I think there's a grace for the secret place today. There's a grace for us to go to that place with him in our lives and to meet with the Lord and see what he'll do in this community. So I have five 
I call them nuggets, five nuggets of just things the Lord's been talking to me about with the secret place that I want to share with you. So the first one, in the secret place, he recharges you. In the secret place, he reveals truth. In the secret place, he transforms you. From the secret place, he rewards you. And from the secret place, he sends you. All right, let's dig in. All right, the first one, from the secret place, he recharges you. Um, I am what you might call a compulsive charger of my devices. So, like, is anybody else like this where if it gets down to, like, 10%, you've done something wrong on your device? Okay, yeah, show of hands. Like, let me know I'm not alone. Okay. <laughs> Every night or on my car ride to, to church, I am charging my device. It's just like... What about, what if someone calls me and it's dead? Like, they don't, it's an emergency. How do you, how do you guys do this when it dies? Like, <laughs> I don't know how you exist when your phone's dead and you need to be connected to all your people. I maybe had to talk to the Lord about my phone use, but. <laughs> but this is what it's like for me when I recharge with the Lord and I have this secret place time is he, he fills up the battery again. Like I meet with him and he charges me back up so that I can stay connected to all the things that I need throughout my day. Stay connected to the heavenly resource because I charged up in the morning that it's not going dead and I'm wondering why it seems dark and I can't find my way. But I met with him. I charged up in that secret place. And I can tell, like, I don't, it's funny how we call our phones phones because they're, it's like the last thing we use them for. It's like, <laughs> we're using for the, it's like having the internet in your pocket. You have access to the entire world of internet and anything you need. And that's kind of like God, right? Like all day long, you have access to everything you need. You just have to stay charged and connected, having a recent conversation with him. That's a relationship. You've been in recent connection with him. You know what he's been talking about. You know what's on his heart. You ever uh, leave the house without your phone? <laughs> what do you do? Turn around or slam on the brakes? No! <laughs> I've, I've, I think I've left my wallet somewhere before, and I'm like, eh, I don't know if I need that, but my phone I'll turn around for. <laughs> have you ever slammed on the brakes because you didn't have your time with the Lord in your life? Like, whoa, I, hadn't, I haven't connected with you, God. I'm sorry, I've, I got into the mode, I got into busyness, I'm going in my, my routine, but I need to charge, I need to charge up. Yeah, I, I was, as I was thinking about this message too, I think it's, I felt a little bit like, oh, this is, this is kind of like a milk message in, in church, like doing your devotional time is pretty foundational to Christian life, but it felt like it's important to always go back to the foundations and remember like, this is what it all starts with. Relationship with Jesus is the beginning and where we're headed. And so this may seem simple, but if you can latch on to the simple truth, <laughs> he's going to move in your life out of that personal time with him. If we steward this well, infinite possibilities emerge. What will he talk to you about? What could go awesome? That's a phrase that we've been using in our house. What could go great about this? <laughs> All 
All right, nugget number two. In the secret place, he transforms you. This is uh, Romans 12.2. It says, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. This phrase, transformed by the renewing of your mind, the word transformed is in Greek the word metamorpho, which is also the word they use for Jesus when he was transfigured on the Mount of Transfiguration. Metamorpho is like that root that we get the word metamorphosis from, talking about going through a, a foundational change in your form to be transformed in your structure. So like, it's a, a process of being reborn almost. So when, when we're being renewed by the, tra- being transformed by the renewing of our mind, it's like we're a caterpillar going into the chrysalis. I wanted to say cocoon. It's a chrysalis, though, scientifically. Cocoon would have been more fun to say. <laughs> Is there any, any like, science, or teachers in here? Science, science people? Okay. I, I wanted to be scientifically accurate. It's a chrysalis, not a cocoon. But caterpillars, they go into a chrysalis, and they harden up, right? And it says that they have the same DNA as when they become a cat, uh, kind of become a butterfly, but their genes deactivate and reactivate in the chrysalis. And it's like they're being resequenced and reordered. And then they emerge from that chrysalis as a butterfly having wings. They go from this squishy, crawly thing to something that flies. <laughs> when you go into your secret place, It's like you give Jesus an opportunity to rearrange, to deactivate some things that have been going on in your life. And he turns off the lies and he turns on the truth about who you actually are. And you come out of that place with wings that you can (laughs) carry you throughout the life. Everybody looking on is like, what is this miracle that happened to you? (laughs) It's a miracle, right? Like a squishy thing shouldn't turn into a flying beautiful thing. But everyone who looks on is like, what happened to you? (laughs) In that place of entering into the secret and allowing him to reorder and plant truth in your life, a miracle takes place. I've done this a couple times in my life where I've gone to, I've taken a retreat and I'll go to like a hotel and I'll stay a night just by myself and with the Lord and I'll journal, I'll talk to him, I'll pray and just meet with him. I would like to tell you that, like, there's deep revelation that comes out of those times, but often it's a lot of unpacking what's, like, the noise in my life, the whirlwind. Does anybody have whirlwind in your life? It just feels, like, busy, like, you can't get, make heads for tails. Often I go to this thing, and I'm just, like, going through family finances and, like, all these things and just, like, letting the Lord talk over each of these areas. And it kind of feels like I'm in this, like, primordial goo state of like, <laughs> do what you want, Lord. I'm just goo right now. And then I emerge from that, like, refreshed. And I find when I come back to my family, to the community, that people notice something. Like, I didn't actually notice all the, the, the change that was happening, but they're like, oh, something's different about you. <laughs> so... The secret place is like that, that chrysalis that we get remade in. It transforms you. Yeah? 
All right. And then let's go to the next one. In the secret place, he reveals truth. So John 8.31 says, So Jesus was saying to those Jews who had believed him, If you continue in my word, then you are truly disciples of mine. And you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. When Jesus is saying this, at the beginning sentence there, he's saying he's talking to people who believe him already. So he's saying to those that are already believing what he's been saying, you need to be free. Here's how you get free. And so maybe today you're already a believer. You already believe in what Jesus says, but there's more freedom to attain. There's more freedom to walk in. So how do, you, how, do you, how do you get free? What does it say that sets you free? Truth. It's the truth that sets you free. Knowing what is true has an unlocking key to it. Understanding the truth about a matter, what he's saying about you, sets you free in that area. And if you want to be free, you have to learn the truth, right? This means then we have to study the truth. We have to understand the truth. We have to seek it out. So we get the truth. It says in that verse, if you continue in my word, you'll be a disciple. If you continue to study what, what I've taught you. So if you dig in here and you read and you study what he says, it'll set you free. It's the truth that sets you free. If you don't know, if you don't know what it says, if you don't know what he's saying in here, there's a chance you might not have full freedom in an area of life. So we need to be a people that are studying. Like, this is just really practical. Like, be studying, be reading, be digging in, have a reading plan, and this word will unlock you. And if you read it, so I like to look at it as like, this is like a vehicle. And if you don't put gas in it, or electricity these days, it doesn't go anywhere. <laughs> and if we read the Bible just like a book, it won't take you very far. But if you read it with the spirit of truth, with the Holy Spirit, and you say, Lord, talk to me from this today. As I read, unlock the truths that are hidden behind it and show me what you're trying to tell me in my life and my family and my community from this word. And then you'll find that in this weird Old Testament passage, he'll be talking to you about the job offer that's, that's happening. You'll find that when you start to read a proverb that he'll unlock some kind of relationship secret about how you need to honor or something like that. If you read it with the Holy Spirit guiding and fueling it, it takes you somewhere. It doesn't even matter. Like I've read uh, Numbers. Numbers is one of the, one of the boring. <laughs> numbers is a lot of names. <laughs> but you can find stuff in there if you read it with the Holy Spirit. He's your guide. He tells, he translates it. The Spirit, he, they call him the Spirit of Truth for a reason. He re re reveals it. He illuminates it for us. And you can read the same verse over and over and over, and you'll keep getting new things out of it because he just is infinite in what he pours out through those truths. So read with the spirit of truth. It says, Jesus tells his disciples, uh, he keeps telling these parables to uh, the people that would gather. And they're like, <laughs> he tells a parable and I was like, I didn't get that one. You know, he'll tell, talk in like this code. <laughs> and the disciples are like, why do you, why do you keep doing that? 
And he's like, because it's been given to you, my disciples, to understand the mysteries of the kingdom. The ones that were following him, he said to them, I give you the understanding of the mysteries of the kingdom. And you're his disciples today. He gives you the understanding of the mysteries that are in the Bible, of the parables he's telling. It's, he even says that the prophets of old would long to understand what you can understand. The prophets would have loved to have gotten this kingdom concept that we're living in today. And you have it within your grasp. You just open the book and all of a sudden these mysteries become revealed. That's good news, isn't it? Yeah. And if you learn to feed yourself, then you don't just get fed on Sundays when you come in or, or whatever church service, but you learn how to eat your own food, how to eat your daily bread, yeah? I, I have this analogy I told the youth. Let's see if you guys remember it. it. Like a baby bird gets fed by, its mo- by the mama bird. You know how, they, how the mama bird does that? She goes and like catches something and then like swallows it and then regurgitates it for the baby birds to eat. <laughs> it's like, so if you only eat on Sundays, it's like you're eating someone else's meal that they already chewed on. <laughs> you remember that? Okay. <laughs> you got to learn to eat your own food. You got to dig in, serve yourself a meal once in a while, you know? Yeah. All right, from, let's go. Nugget number four. From the secret place, he rewards you. So Matthew 6, 5 through 6. When, when you pray, you're not to be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and on the street corners, so that they may be seen by men. Truly I say to you, they have their reward in full. But you, when you pray, go into your inner room, close your door, and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Your Father who sees what is done in secret. That, depending on how you're doing in life right now, that may be good news, it may be bad news. Your Father sees what's going on in your life when no one's looking. He sees in secret And he's looking at what's going on. Are you worshiping in secret? Are you worshiping in that place when no one else is watching? Is is your heart still after me? Or is it mainly in church when others are around or when others can see and observe? He sees in secret and it says he loves that and rewards it. Like when you're in that secret place and you're still going after him like we are, like we did this morning, and you're still worshiping in the secret place. I had this um, time, I was walking around the office here, and I walked through uh, kind of like the, the hallway and I saw one of our worship leaders. There was like nobody else around uh, at the office. I don't remember what was going on, but he was the only one in there. And I see him in front of his laptop just going like this. Nobody else could see, nobody else. It wasn't for anybody else. He was just worshiping the Lord in that secret place, seeking his face. And, I, and then I was like, boo. No. <laughs> I didn't actually do that. But I observed it, and I was like, that, come on, that is the secret place worship. 
That's what it needs to look like when no one's looking. When you're not looking to get recognized for it, it's just for him, for the audience of one. Yeah. What you do, what you do when no one's watching is important. Hmm. All right. Number five. From the secret place, he sends you. From the secret place of that interaction with him, he sends you out. Let's read. And this is really the verse that, um, that sparked this whole message. When I was reading it, it just like stuck out to me. So we'll go to Matthew 10 uh, and then verse 24. A disciple is not above his teacher, nor a servant above his master. It is enough for a disciple to be like his teacher and a servant like his master. If they've called the master of the house Beelzebub, how much more will they call those of his household? Therefore, do not fear, for there is nothing covered that will not be revealed and hidden that will not be known. Whatever I tell you in the dark, speak in the light. And what you hear in the ear, preach on the housetops. And do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul, but rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a copper coin? And not one of them falls to the ground apart from your father's will. But the very hairs of your head are numbered. Do not fear, therefore. You are of more value than many sparrows. Mm, Jesus' words, they just... There's just like life in it. You can just feel it when you read him like say these things. It's like, teach me what you're telling me right now. <laughs> Unpack this for me. Can't you just feel that? Jesus. Well, so he's talking to his disciples here and he's saying, when you go out and you, and you preach and you talk about me, you're, you might get, might get treated like I've been treated. Like these people have said, they've called me Beelzebub like a demon uh, they, they accused me of being a demon, which is hilarious because he, he makes demons tremble. So if they're calling me that, what are they going to do about you? Like, don't fear what they're going to say. Just say what I whisper in your ear. Just tell them what I tell you and don't fear. And I think that there's a connection, you know, in, in the New King James, there's like a separation of these paragraphs. But I think there's a connection here where you've got the people who are persecuting Jesus, that they're, they're saying things from this dark place within them. Uh, and it says, don't fear because whatever they have hidden, their hidden motives will be revealed. And then he says to his disciples, what I tell you in that hidden place, you should tell in the light. What I tell you in the dark, say in the light. What I whisper in the ear, say from the, ho- the housetops. It's interesting parallel between like what is in you, it comes out in the light. Like a sponge, if you get squished, like what was in there? <laughs> it's like these guys that are persecuting had something dark within that came out in the light. But when you have that secret place, when you're spending time with him, you soak in what he's saying, the truths, so that when you're in the light, that's what seeps out. (laughs) Hmm. So out of your personal relationship with him, out of that intimate time with him, what he's telling you personally, it could bless the others. It's kind of like uh, keys. Like Jesus, in 
when you're meeting with him, he tells you something. Maybe it's about you. Maybe it's about the truth and the word. He tells you something that is truth. And it's like a key that unlocks you. It sets you free from something, an area in your life that it was holding you back, like a chain that was holding you back. He tells you about those things and it unlocks you. The truth sets you free, right? But then you have a key. You can do something with that. As you go throughout your day, what he's unlocked in you, you can use on other people and say, look what he's done in my life. This is how he's set me free. From, from whatever it is, if it's a temptation, an addiction, or if it's an identity or an inherited uh, lie that you can use to unlock other people, that what he says in that secret place can set others free. Don't just hold the keys to yourself. Out of personal relationship with Jesus comes all public ministry. Out of what he's said to you and spoken over you and the identity he's placed on you flows your public ministry. That, and that is his goal. It's not that you just be saved and that like salvation's great, but you got to do something. You got to be sent out into, into the world and actually spread it. That's what makes this place more light around here. Like to be less, <laughs> it's not very helpful to say, why is it so dark when you have the light in you? It's like we need more light out there spreading and sharing and unlocking the keys, using the keys. Is anybody a Brene Brown fan? You know Brene Brown? She's like, talk, she has a TED talk about the power of vulnerability. Um, and, and she talks a lot about how when we show vulnerability, it actually gives other people that freedom and space to like receive and feel like they can do the same thing. Uh, and I'm, I'm kind of a, a Brene Brown nerd, so like Taylor Swift has Swifties. I'm a brownie. <laughs> so I believe that through that vulnerability, though, of talking about what he's said in your secret place, of sometimes it's, it's pretty close to the heart, right? Sometimes he talks to us about stuff that's really like personal. Maybe you've lost someone in your life. And that stuff's hard to resurface. But out of the vulnerability of saying, I've, go, I've gone through this, and here's what Jesus has done in my life, he sets others free through it. Out of that vulnerable space, it unlocks people. It's worth it. The, the woman at the well, I think Pastor Jamie talked about recently, uh, the Samaritan woman at the well is a great example of how this, how this happens. So here she is at, at the well. Jesus is talking to her, and first of all, he's not, it's not normal for, for a Jew to talk to a Samaritan woman. So he's already showing her love by just communicating with her. And then he proceeds to, to prophesy over her and talk about how she's had hurt and rejection from husband after husband after husband. And out of that revelation of like, how can this man know everything about my life? Here's, here's a secret place, no one else around just Jesus and the woman, and he's telling her, I see you, I know what you've been through. I know the rejection you felt and the hurt you felt. And I notice it, and now I drink from this well that has living water. If you, if you receive from me, you'll never go thirsty again. And she just gets rocked from this encounter with Jesus. And what does she do next? She becomes our first evangelist. <laughs> 
she goes to the city and she tells all about this man who told her everything she knew about her, everything about his life, her life. She was like, he, he knows it all. Apparently he knows it all. Come and see him. And what happens is they all draw to him. Like it says, many were drawn to Jesus and came from the city to come see him. So out of that personal encounter, <laughs> she went and shared the key. Like, come meet this man. You need to meet him. I'm th I think he's the Christ. <laughs> he must be the Christ, the Messiah, the one to save you. Come find him. Come see him. <laughs> This is what we do. Okay, so those are, those are the five nuggets. I'm going to try and share with you one that, something that Jesus whispered in my ear, the Lord talked to me about in one of my quiet times, and I'm going to caveat it because it's kind of nerdy. <laughs> For some reason, whenever the Lord talks to me, uh, I seem to get these like movie references, like 80s and 90s movie references. I wrote a book about, it's called Nerdvotional, and, and it's like all about these nerdy references. <laughs> so I was talking to the Lord one day in my secret place, and, and, he, and I asked him a question. I love asking him questions and seeing what I get for a response. <laughs> and I asked him a doozy. I was like, what's it like to live outside of time? <laughs> and and uh, in response... He gives me this picture. Has anybody seen The Matrix? So this picture here is like a scene from The Matrix. And so I see this like an open vision. Uh, and it's like all these green like characters floating around. And instead of digits and numbers, I, I see that they're names. There's names in these like what in The Matrix in the movie, it's like code. Has anybody seen The Matrix? Am I talking? Okay. <laughs> so it's like Neo's living in, in Earth, and it's like reality, but then he has this big revelation that everything around him is in a simulation, like a code, and, and he can then bend reality because of that realization. But he, he gets these eyes to see the world for like the code that's making it up. And so I asked the Lord, what's it like to live outside of time? And I see this picture with these names that are that are like streaming along the walls and making up reality. I'm like, okay, what's this about? What does this mean? What are the names about? And he says, to live outside of time is to know all of your kids. To know all of your kids. <laughs> His heart, when he looks at reality, is that he sees all of you, all of us, the names of his kids. He doesn't have grandkids, he's just got kids. Everyone who chooses him, he's got, he sees them as those that make up reality. And then, he, and then I asked him, uh, so you don't have grandkids? Is kind of, I was just talking to him. And then he said, my eyes are on the sparrows, which is the verse that we just read in Matthew 10. It said, are not two sparrows sold for a copper coin, and not one of them falls to the ground apart from your father's will, but the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Do not fear, therefore, you are of more value than many sparrows. Like, he's saying that his value system is based around you. Like, <laughs> what he sees when he looks out in all of his sovereignty and all of his omnipresence, 
is you. You are of more value than many sparrows. <laughs> like the way that he impacts the world is with the names of his kids. I don't know if you're getting it, but I got it. And I was like, whoa. The way that he changes reality is with you. He sends you into the world and you shape it. When you go into your family and you pray over it and you speak life over your family, you have a creation power in your voice, just like your dad, like God. He created the world into existence and he spoke it and he said, it is good. And when you do that in your families and when you, in your workplaces, you're creating reality there. You're shaping it to be more like heaven, his will on earth as it is in heaven, that the names represent you sent out into the world to shape it to be like heaven. Come on, somebody. <laughs> oh, man. And you can be like Neo. You can fly. You're no longer a caterpillar. <laughs> I got one word of caution for you. So if you're, as you're in the secret place and he talks to you, sometimes the Lord says things that are to be treasured and they're like pearls that you don't want to cast too soon. And so sometimes, has anybody had this where he, spoke, he tells you something that you're like, oh, I can't tell anybody that. That's, that's too big. <laughs> I've had this multiple times and sometimes I don't, I haven't uh, kept that. Like Mary treasured things in her heart. Uh, sometimes I spilled the beans too soon on it. And I, and, I, and I felt like the ramifications of Joseph, you know, where he, he told his brothers, hey, you guys are going to bow down to me. Did you know that? <laughs> like sometimes what the Lord is telling you in your dreams or in your secret place, you treasure and you hold close and you don't cast it too soon. So you got to use discernment. You got to use the Holy Spirit on these things. Amen? Okay. All right, let's uh, stand to our feet. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> this isn't the kind of message that you just like, you know, you get revelation on. Uh, it's one that you have to put into practice. Like, I could tell you all the theories about playing piano. I could tell you chords, I could tell you tempo, I could tell you like how in your head you played piano, but you have to practice piano to get good at piano. Like going to your secret place, you have to practice, you have to do, you have to put, into, put it into effect. Go get your daily bread, people, come on. If we do this together, what's God gonna do in our community? If we all are seeking him intimately, what's he going to do with this church body? What's he going to say to you? What could go awesome if we all seek him? What's he going to do in our families, in our workplaces? The possibilities are endless. So Lord, we invite you to do that. We invite you to speak over us, to unlock, to hand keys to your kids. I invite you, Father. As, as this church seeks you in their quiet place, in their secret time, that you would transform us. That we give you permission to, to remake, to deactivate lies that have been there and put your truth in. That we look to you for our identity as the, as the voice that we recognize. Help give us ears to hear and eyes to see the truth. 
I just pray your breath over the, over the devotional times that we get such revelation from our scripture readings that hasn't even been revealed yet, that there'd be people in here that would see things that haven't been seen before because your kingdom's that good. That we'd have just innovation and ideas and things that would pop up because it's in your heart that we've sought you for it. And Lord, as we take that and go back out and we become sent ones that we would go boldly and not fear, not fear those that can't, that can't take our salvation, but we just speak it out and we see people set free all around us. Uh, the testimonies would just be rolling in because you're on the move uh, through this people. Lord, you're giving keys for what's happening in this season, in this day, that you're giving keys that are meant <laughs> to unlock generational problems even. That your heart cannot be held back, that your love is furious, that it is unstoppable, that you're irresistible, that it's contagious, that your love will not be held back. No height, no depth can hold you back, Jesus. And we partner with you, we co-labor with you, we join with you that your bride would just be in sweet communion with you, Jesus. And I bless this people today in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon. It is our hope that God touched your life in a truly meaningful way. And if you were impacted, please let us know by writing a review or by sharing it with your friends. If you'd like more information on The House Church, we would love for you to connect with our community. Please visit ithehouse.org for more information. See you next week.